I love that song. It's one of my absolute favorites. So I, I requested that one, and Philip was like, yeah, we can work that in. We can work that in. I appreciate that. I, um, I forgot to say welcome to the people joining us online. Can we welcome the, our online family? I'm, and I'm kind of curious. I'm starting out with a question this morning. How many of you remember your first car? Now, don't, don't raise your hand yet because it, I got to qualify it. This isn't the car you were given. It's the car you purchased with your own money. This isn't the car you financed from your grandparents and they didn't make you pay for it. This is the car that you, you either paid the bank um, or, or you paid, uh, I mean, you paid cash. Okay, how many of you remember your first car? Remember? Okay, well, that's pretty much everybody. That's great. How many of you, your first car was a Ford? First car, Ford? I'm not going to be fun. I'm just, I'm just asking. Chevy? Chevy, oh, whoa, Chevy people. Um, Toyota, Toyota people, okay. Uh, Nissan, um, BMW. Okay, we should probably talk. I, um, your first car was a BMW? Like you paid? Yeah, wow. What's it, what, three series, five series, seven series? Three, three series? Still, that's pretty impressive. First car is BMW. You still paying for it? Okay, I'm just, I, I was just asking. I would still be paying for it. Um, I, my first car was a Buick. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't care how hard they try, they can't make Buicks cute, cool. Like, they, they tried to stick Shaq in one. I don't know if y'all saw those commercials. He's still stuck in the Buick, all right? They, they can't get him out. But it was a 1979 Buick Regal. Now, some of you weren't even born in 1979, I understand. But my, my, my father found this car for me. It was owned by a man named Luther Bagwell who bought it brand new. Him and his wife bought it brand new, so there's a little sentimental attachment to the car. And uh, I, you know how you try to negotiate with people about the price? Yeah, Mr. Bagwell wasn't having it because um, I was like, how much you want for the car? And he's like, 2500 I was like, would you take 2000 Nope. It can sit there and rot. So um, I paid him $2,500 for the car, and it was... It was awesome for me. I mean, I went, some of you will get this, some of you don't, but like one of the first things I did was put a Pioneer stereo system in it. Y'all remember Pioneer? Ah, yeah, dog. And, um, and so I put a Pioneer system in a Buick. Talk about just peeing money away. But it, it, and it drove pretty good. It was great. Until one day, um, I went and got my hair cut. And I was, uh, the girl that was cutting my hair was, um, she was hot. She was really hot. And I was trying to, and so she kind of walked me out of the car, which you don't typically get the walkout service with a haircut. And so I'm like, hey, I got in the car and I put it in reverse and it, and, and it, and it didn't go. It didn't go. I put it in park, put it in reverse and it didn't go. I put it in park, put it in. And finally, it, um, the, the relationship was over when I had to push my car out of the parking space. I was like, no, this is good. This is, I'm just kind of working out a little bit. Um, I, I got the car home and told my dad about it. And he said, uh, and I had one of those dads, I don't know how your dad was, but my dad could walk out, listen to a car for like 30 seconds and tell you what was wrong with it. And he said, oh, your transmission's gone. And I was like, well, I don't have to have reverse. I can drive around and just drive. And he's like, no, you have to have reverse. And, and so that was like on a Friday or Saturday. And so the next day Sunday, and I had to go to church. And I, I'd just taken a job at a church in Pickens where I was the youth pastor and um, you know, part-time youth pastor in a Southern Baptist church, you're not getting rich. Um, and, and so my dad, <laughs> my dad drove me to church in the Gremlin. Um, and that's not, 
that, that's literally the name of the car. And, and we pulled, I, it's embarrassing getting dropped off by your dad in middle school. But when you've got a, like a full-time job and like, like he's pulling up and dropping me off and it's like, see ya, bye, um, pick you up in a little while. So as I get out of the car, there's a deacon at the church. His name was Carl. And he walked up to me and said, what was that all about? And I said, um, I said you know, my car broke down. And uh, I was really bummed because I had no savings. I had no money. I, had, I mean, I was broke. My dad was broke. We lived in a trailer that we paid 40 bucks a month, or uh, yeah, 40 bucks a week for. I mean, so we weren't, we didn't have a lot of money. And so I didn't know how I was going to get the car fixed. And so I told him, I said, yeah, my, my car's broke down. I'm kind of stranded. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said this, he said this, and this is like, this is, um, this is Christian talk. He said, I'll pray for you. Christian never tells you that. That means um, I, w- I want this conversation to be over. And so that, that's kind of like our way out. I'll pray for you. And, and we hardly ever do. But it's a great way to just kind of get out of a conversation because we're uncomfortable. We don't know what to do. And so he said, I'll pray for you. And I was brand new to Christianity, so I thought he would. Um, I was like, okay, great. So I sat through church that day. And as I'm leaving, my dad pulled up in the Gremlin, you know, it's kind of like middle school. <laughs> kind of go out. And... Uh, he walked up to me and he put some, some, something in my hand. Now, I don't know if anybody's ever stuck money in your hand, but cash has a distinct feel to it. And I knew it was cash, but I didn't know how much. And I've got the rule that I never look. If somebody puts money in my hand, I never look. I never look because you don't want to look and go, <gasps> or you don't want to look and go, for real? No, you can take that back. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> so I thanked him. I was like, thank-. He, he, and, and as he put the cash in my hand, he said, I did pray for you. And God told me to give you this. And I was like, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I put it in my pocket. And I sat down in the front seat of the Gremlin. And I pulled my hand out of my pocket. And it's two $100 bills. And so I chase him across the parking lot. Like He's running from me. I'm right, but let's face it. He's a Baptist deacon. I ran him down. Um, and so I, I, was, I, was like, I was like, listen, man. I said, you, you can't do this. He goes, he looked at me. He said, God told me to do that. And if you tell anybody, I'll never give you another dime. I was like, <laughs> and so, and I'm telling y'all now, but like, I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, I, I never, ever, ever, ever will forget that though. It, the, 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 the fact that somebody was generous blew my mind. Now, I was at that church for two years and three months. I don't remember the name of everybody at the church. I can only tell you one message that the pastor preached, one. And the reason I can tell you the one message that the pastor preached is because he was personally angry at me because I listened to contemporary Christian music. So he had a whole message on why listening to contemporary Christian music was wrong. I'm not making this up. I'll tell you the whole story another time. That's the only message I remember. I don't, I don't remember a Sunday school lesson that I sat through, but you know what I do remember? I remember the generosity of a man named Carl. Generosity has a way of impacting our lives. When people are generous to us, like, we don't forget that stuff. And when God gives us the opportunity to be generous towards somebody else, we don't forget that, and they don't forget it either. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about today is the whole subject of generosity, how good God has been to us, and how he allows us the opportunity to be generous to other, to other people. Um, we're finishing the series today, Dead Man Walking. And if you missed any of the messages, you can catch up on YouTube or podcast. 
um, or on Facebook, but let me do a, just a really quick 30,000 foot review, uh, review so we can, we can like all come together. We started it in week one by a guy named Lazarus who was sick. And we talked about how we can't get well until we're willing to admit that we're sick. And so Mary and Martha tell Jesus, Lazarus is sick. And Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death, but he didn't move. And then the next week, we talked about how Jesus told his disciples, well, let's go back to Judea. And they didn't want to go. And we blew up the myth that following Jesus is always easy because following Jesus isn't always easy. It's always right, but it's not always easy. And then the next week, we talked about how Jesus got there and he's like, Lazarus has been in the grave for four days. And he's ultimately told Mary and Martha, take me to the place where you lost your faith. And Anytime we lose our faith in Jesus, it doesn't mean that we're bad people. It just means we're human. And Jesus goes, take me to that place and make the tag. And then the next week, we talked about the fact that Jesus wept, that he felt compassion for people. Then when we hurt, that Jesus hurts, and he feels what we're feeling. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus came out. And then last week, we talked about how the Pharisees, once Lazarus rose from the dead, you would think everybody would celebrate, but religion always seeks to kill the miracle because we talked about control and manipulation, that whole thing. If you missed last week, honestly, that was probably my favorite message of the series until today. But today, 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 we're going to talk about what happened after, because remember last week, they had kind of ran Jesus out of town, and Jesus had kind of gone to the wilderness. He was kind of kind of holding out until a certain period of time happened, and that's where we're going to pick up the story today. John chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, six days before the Passover celebration began. Now, I'm going to throw this in there. This is like for the Bible nerds. If you're a Bible nerd, this is awesome. Just, and if you're not a Bible nerd, uh, don't worry about it. But it's really cool. John's communicating something just in that verse. Because how many days did it take God to create the earth? Six. It took, took, took you know, rested on seven. Those are all that said seven. He rested. So you're wrong! I'm just... <laughs> That felt so mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> he created it in six days. So six days before the Passover is when Jesus would die on the cross. So Jesus, right here, John's saying he's getting to create something brand new. It had always been based on law, but Jesus is about to create something that's based on grace. I mean, it's just, that just, oh, I get a little goosebump when I talk about that. Some of you are like, what the heck was that? It's me with my ADD meds wearing off. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany. You know why? Because they can't keep Jesus out of town. They tried to run Jesus out of town, and Jesus is like, you know what? It's time for me to move. So Jesus steps back in. I don't know if anybody's ever tried to run you out of town or run you off, but like Jesus is like, you're not going to threaten me or intimidate me. I'm stepping back into town, the home of... And I love this. John says, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. Thank you, John, for clarifying that. We weren't sure which Lazarus it was. We weren't, but, but John wants us to remind, remind us, even though it just happened in the last chapter, this is the guy he raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. You don't say. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Now, every year, this, this right here, every year, um, I... I I, well, let me back up. I love food. Food is my love language. I love food. So I've got a dear, um, dear friends. There are a couple in this church, and every year for my birthday, they make a birthday dinner for me. And because it's my birthday, I get to pick the menu. Now I, I pick the same thing every year: ribs. Love ribs. 
macaroni and cheese with real cheese. Get that fake cheese out of here. I want real cheese. I want real butter. It's going to kill you. I'll see Jesus before you, and I'll be happier than you down here eating your stupid margarine. I want collard greens. Collard greens, collard greens, y'all. So, some of you millennials don't know collard greens. Y'all need to get, y'all need to fall in love with some collard greens. I got one person clapping about collard greens. Coconut pie, and then, and then this is it: banana pudding with no bananas. It's it's the greatest thing in the world. Now, I know what some of you are saying. You're saying you can't have banana pudding if there's no bananas. But you know what? It's my party, and if I want banana pudding with no bananas, I'll have banana pudding with no bananas. Let's pray. All right. And I invite people, and, and I've had people say, well, what if they don't like the menu? They ain't got to show up. Because the party is in, in my honor, right? And the same thing true with your birthday party. You get to pick the restaurant or whatever. And it made me think about this particular passage because the dinner was given in Jesus' honor. And it made me think about our church and the reason we get together every single week is to honor Jesus. We're not doing this about, it's not about me, it's not about the band, it's not about us, it's, it's about us getting to honor Jesus, to be thankful for what Jesus has done in our lives. And I just want to say thank you for showing up each and every week, or thank you for watching online, because I know it's not the easiest thing in the world to show up at Second Chance. I've had people go, oh my gosh, I, I would come, but the parking situation is so difficult. I'm like, okay, that's fine, but don't let me see you at a Clemson game parking a mile and a half away to watch a football game. Don't let me see you in Target walking around. My God, don't let me see you at the jockey lot walking around. <laughs> so I'm super thankful for the people that can sacrifice the 500-foot walk into the building to be here. I'm super, super thankful because, because this is a place where we gather together to honor the name of Jesus. Now, notice what happened. Martha served. Martha served. She didn't have a problem serving. You know why? Because Jesus brought her brother back from the dead. If you see somebody that was dead come to life and you love that person, you'll do whatever it takes. And I'm, I just want to pause and say I'm super thankful for the people that we have in our church that serve each and every week. Today, we've got people serving in production. We got people serving, engaging people online. We got people serving as greeters. We got people serving as ushers. We got people serving in the nursery. We got people serving in preschool. We got people serving. And the reason this church is able to get done what we need to get done is because people are willing to serve. Now, here I got one amen out of that whole thing. My God. You know what that is? It's like, don't ask me to serve. Don't ask me to serve. I'm not going to ask you to serve. I would never ask you to serve. I would never, ever, ever, ever ask you to serve. I would just tell you. <laughs> that if Jesus has ever done anything significant in your life, my question would be, why wouldn't you serve? Because here's something about serving that I discovered, and I discovered this personally. Serving doesn't necessarily help the church get done what it needs to get done. Serving allows Jesus to do something in us. It, it doesn't open doors for the church. It opens doors for you. Jesus will bring stuff alive in you 
through serving others that absolutely blows your mind. I'm talking about any type of service. In any, I, l- listen, we've got service opportunities here with starting a children's ministry, the kindergarten through third grade. There's serving opportunities there. There's serving opportunities here each and every week. And I've had people say, I don't feel like I'm supposed to serve in the church. You know what, sir? I, so what was it, like a year and a half ago, I, I served as like a, um, a, a mentor in like elementary school where you meet with a kid and you just kind of talk to him for about an hour. That was unbelievable. That every time I went, the kid would thank me for coming and I would go out in my car and cry thinking, I'm thankful I got to do it. Like it, it just brings something alive in you when you begin to serve somebody else. And so, by the way, if you're interested in serving here at Second Chance, we've got plenty of opportunities. And as you're leaving today, as you walk out the door on your right, there will be a little table where you can, if you want more information about serving, you can just ask there and somebody will be in touch with you this week and they'll talk to you about serving. Because serving will actually bring something alive inside of you. It, I, I love the fact that Lazarus was among those who ate with him. There's some translations that say Lazarus reclined with him at the table. Now, I'm like, duh. Because if the guy that brought me back from the dead is in my house, I follow him everywhere he goes, right? But this just reminded me of the fact that, that all of us, all of us, and I would just challenge everybody in the room, all of us have the opportunity, not the obligation, but the opportunity to connect with Jesus on a daily basis. It's not just about what we do in here, it's what we do out there. And I'm not the guy that tells you 17 things to do. The thing I constantly say is connection equals direction. When we have a connection with God, we'll have consistent direction from God. Connection equals direction. So what is it that sets your heart on fire personally for Jesus? Just do that a lot. Whether it's reading your Bible, whether it's prayer, whether it's listening to a worship song, because what connection will do, it will, it will bring brand new perspective into our lives. For example, this morning, I get up every Sunday morning at um, 4.10. Don't ask me why I get up at 4.10. It's probably because it's the first shotgun I ever had, all right? Um, but I get up at 4.10, and Chance gets up. He, he's, a little, he's a little mad because I get him up that early in the morning. And I go down, and my, my thing that I, I connect with God with on the most is reading the Bible. So I'll read the Bible, and then I go out for my run. And people are like, it's crazy that you go for a run. I know, but like, I've got energy, and I've got to get that out. And so this morning, I go out for my run, and I see a homeless person. And they're like spaced out of their mind. Now, I'm not judging them. I, I live downtown, so I know who the, the people are. And I'm watching this person walk around. And instead of getting mad or instead of judging them or pointing my finger, this is the thought that went through my mind. By the grace of God, if it were not for the grace of God, that would be me. I could have been on that track. I could have been in that space. But thank you, God, because you've been so good to me. That's not my biggest problem. By the grace of God. that It just gives us perspective instead of going, they should, they should be homeless. It's like, oh, God, by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Now, it, it keeps going. The story keeps going. It's real interesting. Then Mary, and I'm glad she stepped in the story because last time, remember, she didn't step in the story because she was pouting. So we're wondering what Mary's doing this whole time. 
Mary took a 12-ounce jar. Thanks, John, for the 12. Why the 12? Well, 12 represents the number, or the number 12 represents faith in the Bible. So anytime you see 12, it represents the number faith, or it represents faith. Took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume, not, not Walgreens perfume, okay? Expensive perfume. Apologies if you get your perfume at Walgreens. I'm sure it's great. Um, made from the essence of nard, and which I had to look that up, but it was it's legit. It's nothing bad. And she anointed Jesus' feet with it. Hello, that's weird. Pouring perfume on somebody's feet. Wiping his feet with her hair. Okay, it just got highly awkward at the event. The house was filled with the fragrance. This right here is what you call an extravagant gift. We're, we're, we're going to see in just a little while that this perfume would have cost a year's salary. So I don't know what you make in a year, but just imagine that being in a bottle of perfume and pouring it on the feet of Jesus. I mean, that's, that's what you call a legitimate sacrifice. This is what we call generosity. And anytime generosity happens, don't miss this, the house is always filled with the fragrance. I, I never forget when I first started going to church, uh, I went, to a, I went to a Southern Baptist church, and everybody dressed up. And when I say dressed up, um, it, I'm talking coats and ties for the men. Coats and ties, right, men? Coats and ties. And every once in a while, a man in long sleeve dress shirts. If, if a man wore a short sleeve dress shirt and a tie, he was liberal. Um, like, like, he was like, there was sin in his life, man. He's got those short. And then women, 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 you should be thankful for second chance because at, at old school, you had to wear dresses, and you had to wear... Pantyhose. That's right. You had to wear some pantyhose. And I remember my mama had to wear, and she would cuss the whole time she put the pantyhose on. And there, there'd be like pantyhose all in the bathroom. I'd be like, what in the world? I'm trying to dry my hands. She got pantyhose that she washed in the sink. I don't know if you ever had to deal with that. It's kind of weird. Anyway, um, so I didn't have any, I didn't have any church clothes. That's why we started a church like this. So I could just wear my, my tore up jeans. But my, my pastor, I, I had a, I had one pair of jeans. And I had a couple button-up shirts that I kind of rotated back and forth. And um, you know what I noticed? People in church notice what you wear. Because I started having people going, didn't you wear that shirt two weeks ago? I'm like, don't you have a life? (laughs) So my pastor asked to see me one night after the service. And oh my God, you want to freak somebody out like me? That's what he did. He's getting ready to preach. We're like, we're getting ready to go out. And he pulls me aside. He says, I need to see you tonight after service. And he walks off. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And I, oh, oh my God, what, what does he know? What did I do? Oh my, he didn't know about that. I'm sitting there the whole time he's preaching going, I'm going to hell. That's where I'm going. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. Just go ahead and announce it. So I, I kind of have that insecurity going on. So he pulls me into his office and he said, you don't have any church clothes, do you? And I said, <laughs> I almost started crying. I just said, no, sir, I don't. He said, that's what I thought. He said, meet me here Saturday at 5 o'clock. We're going shopping. Like, okay. And I met him the following Saturday at 5 o'clock, and we went to Belk. Now, Belk and Easley in 1990 was legit. I mean, I, I, know, I don't know who shops there now, but I'm telling you, we didn't have Amazon.com. And so we went to Belk. He bought me a blazer. He bought me two dress shirts, two ties, two pair of dress pants, a pair of dockers. Um, and it, like, I've never forgotten that. I listened to him preach for years. I can only tell you one message he preached out of John 21, but I never, ever, ever will forget that act of generosity. In fact, it, it, 
when, when, you, when that happens to you, eventually you want it happen through you. I remember I was in the airport one time <laughs> in Jamaica. Um, and I, listen, I, I don't know if you love Jamaica. I went one time. It's all I need. It's all I need. I, I stayed high the entire time I was there, and I never smoked weed. I mean, it's just like the smell. <laughs> The all-inclusive, what can we get you? Doritos. (laughs) Hungry. (laughs) So anyway, at the time, I don't know if it's like this now, you had to pay to get out of the country, um, and I would have gladly paid anything. And so the guy, there's a guy, and he's coming behind me, he gets up to the counter, and they're like, you need to pay this fee. And he was like, and his eyes were all bloodshot. He's like, man, I lost it all at the casino last night. I, I wasn't judging him. I was like, I played some blackjack before. So, and so I'm, I, I sat there and I was like, man, that's bad. And God said, pay his fee. I was like, you pay his fee. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I am through you. <laughs> you wouldn't have it if I wouldn't want you to have it. Pay his fee. So I walked over and I said, hey, man, I want to pay a fee. He was like, this guy right here paid my fee. I was like, no, 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 don't because everybody's going to want me to pay their fee. And I, ain't got, I don't love them. I don't even really love you. I'm just, I'm just doing it because God told me to. But it was, so, it was so incredible to be able to be generous. I've been on the giving end and I've been on the receiving end. And it's so incredible when generosity happens. I'm, I'm talking about like radical generosity. In fact, I do it every week, and I do it with a sincere heart. I want to thank the people that give here each and every week. Because of your generosity, we're able to do church. When we started and we were only online, people were giving then. When we were able to get this facility, we had money in the bank, but we needed an additional $250,000 so we could pay for the whole thing in cash. And I came online and I said, we need $250,000. And you know what? People stepped up and they gave and they gave and they gave. And eventually we raised all the money and were able to pay cash for this entire building um, for, for the lease and the upfit. And then when it came time to get the children's facility over there and, and to lease it, you know what? Because of the incredible generosity in this church, we were able to get it. We're going to be able to upfit it. We're going to be able to do all sorts of things because people in this church are generous. And for those of, that are being generous and those are giving here, I want to specifically say thank you because of what you're doing, we're going to be able to reach more and more and more people for Christ. I, it blows my mind that people give. I, and I want to challenge you. And when I say generosity, I'm not talking about just giving at church. Like, do something crazy this week. Like, if you're in a drive-thru, pay for the people behind you. Just have, have you, Has that ever happened to you? Because that's awesome. Just pay for the people behind you. And pray that they're single. Um, because... <laughs> <laughs> I did that one time. I was like, I'm going to get the people behind me. Like, That's $61.38. I was like, did they buy 17 chickens? Like, what did they get? And you can't back out then. You can't, oh, no, I'm not doing it. Like, and so I'm, because I'm, I'm talking about when, when we're generous, when we're generous, when we're generous, the house gets filled. And because of the generosity, this house has been filled with an incredible fragrance. Now, anytime, have y'all ever noticed, y'all ever noticed 
that people are angry? Angry people, especially on social media. In fact, if you're having stress and anxiety in your life, just don't go on social media for a week. Some of you, just the thought of that stressed you out. But there's always somebody mad anytime you mention giving or money. And here's the deal. I haven't, I haven't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching tithe or die. I, I, like, tithe or die. Like, that's not the message I'm preaching. It'd be interesting. But I'm not preaching that today. But anytime something like this happens, there's always somebody that gets mad. In this story, now, if you can imagine this, Mary, Martha, like everybody's super thankful, but then somebody's about to get mad. Somebody's about to get mad. Watch this. But Judas, pause. You don't want to be on Team Judas. It, like, it, it really does suck to be on Team Judas, okay? But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Which on the surface sounds so good. Here's the problem. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Now, I'm, I'm not doing the whole thing because anytime you talk about giving or generosity, people go, I don't have money, I don't have money, I don't have money. But we do. I want to prove it to you. I want to prove it to you. I want to prove it to you. Um, this place right here, like, if you're not from Anderson, it took Starbucks 487 years to get here. Like, we were the last place on, like, like, Eskimos had Starbucks before we had Starbucks. And when Starbucks finally got to Anderson, it, it changed my life. I love Starbucks. And, and, and by the way, I didn't say this in the last service. There's somebody like, well, they're not a Christian company. Well, Christians should make better coffee because they make great coffee. And so um, I, I don't care if they're Christian or not. Their coffee's awesome. Um, and so I, I love it. Every, every year, somebody... Somebody just gets so mad that they took Merry Christmas off their cups. Took Merry Christmas off the cup. Well, they're not a Christian company. They're not. Why in the world would we expect, expect a non-Christian company to act Christian? Do they make good coffee? Yes or no? Yeah, and, sh and then we should shut up. So I love Starbucks. Oh, and if you want some fun, like, because I've been behind people in line before, and you got to wait for it. It's got to be, it's got to be that person. But I was behind the guy one time, and he was like, I like a tall blonde. I was like, wouldn't well, everybody. Um, anyway, that's, that was free. You don't have to pay for that. But how many of you have ever bought a Starbucks drink? Just, just kind of curious. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first week that Starbucks went to Anderson, I think I added up my receipts, and it was like $43. $43 for coffee. My grandparents lived to be 287 years old, and they didn't spend $43 on coffee in their life. They bought like the Folgers brick. You remember that thing? That thing would last for 17 years. So spending $43 on coffee? Like we got, it's not that we don't have it. It's just that it's, you know, what's important. Or, 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 how about this place? 
this is the high-class jockey lot. <laughs> no, it is. It is, because at the jockey lot, you can buy anything, right? And Target's close. I mean, you can't buy farm animals there. You can't at the jockey lot. But, but I, every time I go to Target, this is, this is my mentality, and this has got me. This has got me bad the past few months. Every time I go to Target, this is what I tell myself. I'm going to get one thing. It's happened to you, hasn't it? And you never leave with one thing. You know why? Because that thing is on sale. And you're saving money. Just think about how much money we save buying stuff on sale. And oh my gosh, I need that. And I need that. And I, oh, I need dental floss. Now I'm never going to floss my teeth, but I'm, I need it's on sale. We've got money. And then when organizations spend money, like most people don't have a problem. Like, like, like the new Clemson football facility is super nice, right? Some of you are like, what about the nice Carolina facility? I don't know. What about the nice Carolina? I'm, I'm just, I'm <laughs> They've got a slot in this thing. They spent, they spent um, on that new fo football facility $50 million dollars. And no, nobody had a problem with it. Nobody had a problem. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you got the money, spend it, right? This is the one that gets me, though. This is the one that gets me. So the Raiders NFL team, they were in Oakland, then they're in L.A., then they're Oakland. Like, they can't make up their mind where they're going to go. Well, they're going to move again. They're going to move to Las Vegas. And the stadium they're going to build them in Las Vegas cost $1.8 billion. Billion. Okay, for the Raiders. <laughs> Talk about peeing your money away, right? Like for the Raiders. My gosh. I'm I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying it's not that we don't have money, it's just we spend it on what we consider to be important. Now, the, the reason I bring that up is because anytime you talk about money or giving, this is the question that somebody will inevitably ask. How much are we giving to missions? Now, this is the funny thing that I've done to people that ask me that question. I always turn it around. How much are you giving to missions? Do you know, in, in over like 25 years of ministry, I've only had one person answer how much they were personally giving. It's just the, like the deflection question. But I've got an answer for it. I've got an answer. We're, we're, we are giving to missions, 100%. 100%. 100 of our money goes to missions. Here's why. Jesus, when he's talking about the, the mandate, the responsibility of the church, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on, up, upon you, and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, which is where they were, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, you can't reach the ends of the earth until you reach where you are right now. And right now, right now, for Second Chance Church, our number one mission is to get the children's facility opened for kindergartners through third graders so they can actually show up at church, have a positive experience, love church, love Jesus, and grow up to be world changers. That's the mission that God has put in front of us right now. So why in the world will we travel halfway around the world when we got to just tra travel about 15 feet down the sidewalk? That's the mission that God's 
Now, I love, I love Jesus because he's always like sticking up for people. And so Judas is kind of going off on Mary and the other disciples and other gospels, the other disciples are joining, joining in with him. And Jesus replied, leave her alone. Judas, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. But by the way, that statement right there will just completely bust up a party. Um, he said, you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. In other words, he said, hey, Judas, leave her alone. She just did something great. Now, all of us, all of us in this room, all of us watching online, we enjoy things that are great. And I just, I just sat down and started thinking about some things that I personally think are great. I don't know if you'll agree or not, but I think they're great. Like, great movies. We could probably debate about great movies over and over and over, but I think one of the greatest movies I've ever seen is Shawshank Redemption. In that movie, like, that's a great movie, right? Like, if I'm flipping the channels, and it was between this and Remember the Titans. I love Remember the Titans, too. If I'm flipping the channels, I can't, I can't, I can't proceed. I've got to stop. Um, great bands. We could, we could kind of go all around the room and talk about great bands, but I think one of the greatest bands is U2. Their, their lyrics, um, their, their projects, the Joshua Tree is still, I think, one of their greatest, one of the, but, but they, they just have a great, 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 great sound. Um, the play Hamilton. I, I don't know if you're into Broadway. I'm not, by the way, I'm not really into Broadway and musicals and dance and theater. By the way, Karis, my daughter, is into Broadway and musical and dance theater. Um, so I went, so I had an opportunity to go to this play and I was like, okay, whatever. I was mesmerized by it. It's an incredible, incredible, incredible play. Um, Apple products are great products. I realize some of you do not have Apple products and it's because Jesus doesn't love you as much as he loves people. <laughs> I'm just saying, Samsung and Satan both start with S. That's all, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Apple, Angel, Samsung, Satan. You just figure it out. So when you get... <laughs> I was just kidding. Kind of. But, but Apple makes a great product. And we can talk about great things. All of us are blessed with great things, great food, great places to live. But... But when it comes to when it comes to what we have in in Jesus, I mean we I mean we've got it. We don't have it good. We've got it great. Like like for example, we have great love. Like like great love. Like the kind of love where He knows everything about us and loves us anyway. Because I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. The person sitting beside you. You don't know everything about them. It happened last service too. Y'all turning to each other, looking, going, no, 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 baby, 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 you know. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. There's that thing they hadn't told you about yet, right? Because if you knew everything about the people that were sitting around you, you wouldn't be sitting around them. And don't worry, if they knew everything about you, they wouldn't want to sit around you either, right? We've all got that thing or we all got that time or we all got that season and we think, um, and and I, I'll say it this way. We can't be fully loved unless we're fully known. And Jesus fully knows us and fully loves us. It's the best 
deal going on the planet. Oh, and by the way, let me just say this. He loves you whether you're a Christian or not. Some people say, you've got to be a Christian to get his love. Nope. 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 You are created in his image on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose, and he loves you right now. I, I love the fact that we get great forgiveness. Great forgiveness. I'm, I mean, we're forgiven. Like, when we ask for because all of us struggle with forgiving people. Every person in this room, we've been hurt by a person or a group of people. We struggle with forgiveness. But God offers us forgiveness because on the cross, when Jesus was hanging there, he didn't say, you are finished. He said, it is finished. What is it? The payment for sin has been made in full. And when we receive Christ, we're forgiven for our sins, past, present, future. That is a great deal that he don't hold that over us. I I love the fact that we have great acceptance. That Jesus right now, if you give your life to Jesus, he'll accept you as you are. I love the fact that I've been asked this question a lot. Who can come to Second Chance Church? Like, what? Who can come to Second Chance Church? It's a really easy answer. The only people that we accept are the people that Jesus accepts. That means anybody. When you, when you look at Jesus in the scriptures, he wasn't running people off because they were that way or that way or that way. Jesus loved them anyway. And so the type of people that can walk in these doors every week, because religion teaches clean up your life and then follow Jesus. And Jesus says, come and follow me and I'll transform you into who you need to be. That type of acceptance It's not available anywhere in this world other than Jesus. It's great acceptance. I love love the fact that he gives us great companionship through the Holy Spirit. When we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us and leads us on a daily basis. There have been times in my life where I've made the right decision, and I don't know why I made the right decision, and it was the Spirit of God leading me during that moment. And even when we feel alone, we're not alone because Jesus is always with us. And last but not least, he promises us a great eternity. I'm going to tell you, none of us have a clue what heaven's going to be like. None of us have a clue. I've read books about heaven. I've read all, but the scriptures say that when it comes to heaven, our minds can't even conceive how amazing it's going to be. I'll finish with this. It's um, God created the world in six days. I think he did a pretty good job like the whole Great Barrier Reef and Niagara Falls and all that. So it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. But he, he said to his disciples in John 14, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I'm done, I'll come back to get you. So if he created the world in six days and he's been working on heaven for over 2,000 years, how amazing is that place going to be? It's a great eternity. And all of this is available to us because we have a generous God and he calls us to be generous people. With that in mind, let's stand for closing prayer. Jesus, I want to thank you for what you've done, the things that you have blessed us with. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now, why don't you just, just in your heart right where you stand or watching online, 
say thank you to Jesus for just one thing that he's, been, that he's given you. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's a home. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a car. I don't know what it is, but why don't you just right now in your heart just thank him for something. Thank you, Jesus, for. And maybe you're here today and you've never, ever accepted that great love and mercy and forgiveness you, 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 you can't say you're going to have a great eternity because you've never asked Jesus into your life. And if you want to ask Christ into your life today, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to accept everything that he wants to offer you, then I want to, I want to lead you in a prayer right where you stand. Right where you stand, you can just pray this prayer with me in your heart and just pray right now in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you. Well, head still bowed and eyes still closed. I'm going to count to three. And when I hit three, if you just prayed to receive Christ, I want to put your hand in the air because number one, I want you to have a just, just an acknowledgement that you prayed to receive Christ. And number two, I want to pray for you right now. So one, if you just prayed to receive Christ, put your hand in the air. Two, Three, hand in the air right now. One, yeah, praise God. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Amen. Father, I want to thank you for these hands that are in the air. I want to thank you for the new life that you've given them. I want to thank you for the abundant life you've promised us. I want to thank you, Jesus, for meeting with us today. When heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if something stuck out to you in the message, or you've just had that week and you need somebody to pray with you or for you, then I want you to step out of your aisle right now and walk out the back doors of our campus because we have some committed volunteers in our care room that would love to pray with you or love to pray for you. If you're going through something this week and you're just like, I just need somebody to listen to me and pray for me, that's why we're here. You can go right now. Thank you, Jesus, for the people that you saved today. Thank you, Jesus, for the work you're going to continue to do in us. We love you. Everybody that agreed said amen. Hey, before you leave, next week we're talking about guilt. It's a great Sunday to bring somebody to Second Chance for the first time. Love you guys. God bless.